what's up and welcome to difficulty class a show where we gather around this podcast table in your ears and talk about some dungeons and dragons each week we or a listener like you writing into difficulty class at gmail.com come up with a topic question encounter or anything else somehow related to rpgs and we have some fun talking about them i am one of your hosts ali deitchman and with me this week is trevor bettis that's right and it is part two Part two. The reckoning. It is the reckoning. <laughs> this time it's personal. <laughs> it's it's we're we're back at it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're we're we 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 we're ranking, not re- well, sort of reviewing, not like we're giving our opinions on, but mainly ranking uh, the uh, the written Wizards of the Coast adventures and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like we said, this is part two. If you haven't heard part one, uh, spoilers. We're about to tell you what we did so you can go back and listen to that conversation now pause it right now go back listen come back yes if you haven't listened to the whole show pause right now go back listen to the entire show then come back uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh before we get back into it i kind of want to go over the categories and how we are ranking them and i also want to go over briefly where things are at currently (laughs) yes yes i i I know i kept that i i did keep the paper I was I was organized enough to keep a paper through a week. That's <laughs> progress. See, I'm not organized, so I keep it on Discord. So, oh, you know, you're smarter than me. Uh, the first up in the the categories that kind of determine where it's going to end up on the rank, which is from S to E, right? That's that's how it works out. Correct. Plus yeah. mentions. S tier being best. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the first one is being new DM friendly. Uh, that mm-hmm. can be anything from just readability, how the book is put together, like, does it go chapter one, two, three, or do you have to go chapter one, then eight, then three, then two, and know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's plot cohesion, which is as it is. Um, it's pretty much like, does this make sense? Uh, if your players are trying to get into this large dungeon, do they know why? <laughs> does the book present enough information and lore reasons why you're even doing this whole thing? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the next thing is resources. Uh, we like to consider resources to be things that a DM can use. So like stat blocks, items, uh, even like maps, maps. Yeah. Maps, dungeons, uh, things that can be used over and again and outside of the actual book itself. Mm-hmm. There is a uh, lore slash canon contribution. Uh, this one's a little more loose. Uh, it's pretty much like, Excuse. how does it affect the overall story of the actual 5E canon? Mm-hmm. Um, we went into how essentially a Tyranny of Dragons storyline set off the whole thing as an example. Yep. So that has a huge canon contribution to it. Um, and then the it's last category canon. is epic scenes uh that's probably one of my favorite categories because it really happens in nearly every book and every book should try its best to set you up for those moments because those moments are really what makes players remember a game for years Mm -hmm. after and talk about that 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 whole scene and be like do you remember when i pulled that sword and we did the thing and it's like yeah those kind of moments that's what we're talking about Mm -hmm. and granted those moments can happen in any game, in any way that person sets it up. Yeah. But we're looking for specifically, does the book itself set you up for those scenes? God, you're already, you're already knocking down a few things I was going to have to say about one book later on. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because that's it's the difference. Like, it's like, good that we went over these. <laughs> anyone can 
like make a scene really epic and cool if you change it a lot. And mm-hmm. we're looking for the ones where you don't need to change it. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, but, uh, so to to remind people of where we're at, currently S rank is empty. Yes. Uh, a rank is Curse of Strahd and Storm King's Thunder. Then we go down to C rank, because uh, I'm skipping B, there's nothing there, uh, which is uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen and uh, Rise of Tiamat, which is, you know, Tyranny of Dragons. Uh, D, I'm still surprised, is Tomb of Annihilation. I cannot believe that I was like, yeah, no, Tyranny of Dragons, better than Tomb of Annihilation. But here we are. We live in that reality now. Mm-hmm. Uh, e is uh, uh, Prince of the Apocalypse and Out of the Abyss. Yeah. <laughs> and honorable mentions is uh, Tales of the Yawning Portal, just because, like, it's not quite the what we're talking about here. It is smaller adventures, but it's mm-hmm. not the big adventure. But yeah, you, you know. Yeah. So, oh man, I, I just realized we were doing this in a release order. Yeah. Um. So, let's see, Tomb of Annihilation. What came out after Tomb of Annihilation? I got a D and D adventure release dates <laughs> I, I did this quietly last time and i should have done it quieter this time but I didn't. <laughs> um so after tomb of annihilation let's see we've got oh uh water deep oh my gosh For i actually reason, i was totally yeah. total blank on that and i'm like i literally have no idea what's after tomb <laughs> i i actually thought it was ghost ghost of salt marsh but uh no that doesn't make any sense so yeah it is uh water deep dragon heist mm-hmm um and i i gotta be honest like this one is in the is is in the top three somewhere for me uh, uh of tears mm-hmm. the uh, go, go ahead go using your season yeah so uh, this one's gonna be tricky for me because i do enjoy it but it has a lot of problems for me <laughs> yes it does and at first when it first came out i thought it would be a really good book for for like recommendations for new dms because it's like it's focused it's only one city there's no traveling which is like one of the hardest bits one of the harder like tiers of D is travel and event and like exploration and so it's like you have all the lore presented to you so i figured it would be like a great starting point for new dms and then i learned firsthand that that's not exactly the case but i'll go into that more <laughs> <laughs> so this one i feel like it's gonna be uh, i'm gonna it might end up in the middle for me <laughs> Mm, okay okay i the i for me like you know i i do kind of have a soft spot in my heart for this one because like this was definitely one of the more one of the most successful campaigns that i did mm-hmm. and there's a lot of really good stuff in there but i do agree it has its problems mm-hmm. um and i i do think that like i did have to end up fixing a lot of stuff but like overall what they presented in that book for the size of that book is extremely impressive. Just ridiculously impressive of how much campaign is in. And I think the smallest campaign book that is currently available. It is. And not to mention you could take out literally four chapters and still play the full book. Yeah, (laughs) that is true. (laughs) Like you don't even have to do a good part of the book and still play it yeah which did uh did irritate some people (laughs) yeah um because i think a lot of people ended up feeling like um 
you know in a video game where it, it's like oh uh you 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 killed that dude and took his hat that actually removed this mission from your quest log because you can no longer do it and people are like well i paid for this game i want to be able to do it i want to do the whole um, quest <laughs> i want to do the whole quest um and so I, I think I think some people did have a problem with that because I mean th this isn't really a spoiler but like there they there's four different possible villains so the most likely you're not going to see all of them because all of these villains are doing different things I I actually even had it where not all of the villains were actively going after it um, and that's the thing that's kind of how it's supposed to be yeah the book sets you up to say choose one and yeah. that's going to be your thing um like there are a few bits where it's like oh these people are responsible for this happening like uh Jarlaxle does have a hand in like some of the beginning parts regardless mm -hmm. of if he's a villain or not but he's also one of like the legendary characters that you're probably going to end up meeting regardless yeah and I think that was a good move on their hand because it's like, oh, it's this legendary character. And how <laughs> if it's like, oh, someone told you, oh, you're going to get to play Waterdeep. And there's like all these characters and you recognize your on the cover and you're so excited to like, oh, I get to play with them. And then the DM's like, oh, he's not the villain. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's like I, I appreciate that even though you could not choose him, that he'd still be part of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 But the 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 thing is with that is that that is more of the DM's discretion than mm -hmm. what the book says. Yeah. Um, actually, you know, let 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 let's hop into talking about the our, our points, and because I feel like that we're we're kind of teetering around that the the so new DM friendly. No. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. And and my like. Besides the whole villain thing and picking that and, you know, knowing what chapter to go to and everything like that, chapter two needs a lot of help from the DM's guild. Yeah, um, pretty much you expect the book the way it's kind of like going at it to totally hold your hand because it's like it provides you all this lore, all this information about the city. And then it says, all right, now have your players do quests. Yeah. And then it and they doesn't don't, tell they you anything about yep. how to go about that <laughs> the most it does in, in the faction section they give you like i think a sentence yeah. of a hook where it's like vajra wants you to go find this old monk in the nearby mountains that's that's, that's it. it they only yeah. give you the hook line yeah. And and I will say I'm I'm I I I mean we had him at a spotlight a long time ago but there is a fantastic supplement on DM's Guild that has uh a a whole supplement for each faction of Waterdeep that you can go through and it has all the missions and everything like that. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um see even the dogs love it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Um but yeah, that the fact that you couldn't just get this book as a new DM and easily understand what the heck is going on. Cause then all of a sudden it's just like, Hey, you bought this book to, uh, so that we could show you how to run an adventure. And we lied. <laughs> Not to mention like straight out the bat too. Like you do your first mission, which has, I think the highest rate of TPK like yes. of any book out there. We, we won't say what it is, but uh, it's, it's very deadly. It's like literally the first thing you do, <laughs> and the first thing that's asked of you to do 
And then right after that, you immediately kind of shift tones and you're like, congratulations, now you can build a house. Yeah. <laughs> and Welcome like, to The Sims. Yeah, granted, it's supposed to invite like creativity and allowing your players to kind of really get in there. And it shows you how to do all that. But uh, we talked about this with like Tomb of Annihilation. That tone shift is wild. <laughs> yeah. Especially for a new DM, I can 100% imagine them saying, okay, you have this thing. Let's carry on. <laughs> yeah. Because like it would really take someone who has like the experience and know-how of how to integrate that new setting into everything. Mm-hmm. So that way it's a place that you can come back to. It's the it's the safe haven, like what we talked yeah. about in a previous episode. Yeah. Um, and so it, it kind of takes a little bit of, of, of DMing experience to kind of understand how to pull players back into that. Mm-hmm. And I, reading through that section, I don't feel like the book really helps you through that unless you literally talk to someone who already played the book. Yeah. You wouldn't yeah, really and, know how to do it. And even more confusing is that it goes from uh, structured to sandbox to railroad to sandbox to structured. Yeah. It is It is one of the strangest set up but the thing is is like I, this sounds like i'm knocking it and yeah it's not new dm friendly i freaking loved it though like yeah. i loved having the structure at the beginning of it that um you know gave them a really hard point mission to do then opened up the entire city to them it felt very video gamey and then when we and when we got into that railroad section which t- lasted maybe two sessions it was it like yeah sure the book was railroading it but the players were enthralled with it and following the point and the fact that it managed this this book managed to get them to care enough about something to follow the railroad without noticing they were following the railroad yeah what is fantastic yeah pretty um, much like the book sets up these tracks and the players choose to get on them <laughs> yeah like, like I, I actually do want to give it for myself plot cohesion because every villain has a uh, a want, which is something else that, like, they don't do too often very well, where they give the villain motivation besides, <laughs> like, it, it's like, you know, the, the villain of, uh, of Storm King's Thunder. I had to go to a wiki to find out why she was doing what she was doing. Yeah. It didn't even tell you in the book what the hell was going on. And it never came up either. But like this one's just like, no, this person's after the, the MacGuffin because of this. The person's after the MacGuffin because of this. And it was much easier to play the villains because of that. And I, so yeah, for me, it's a hundred percent got plot cohesion. Um, the the main complaint I have about the plot cohesion concept goes back to the new DM friendly category. It really does because it's like every time I was I'm trying to reference something, I have to find it in an entirely different chapter. It's like, why is this person mm-hmm. doing this thing? And I have to go to an entirely different chapter for an entirely different reason. And I'm like, okay, that was a hunt. <laughs> but then the, the only gripe I have <laughs> Is with the castle lanterns, as far as plot goes. Mm-hmm. Are we, are we going to get into spoilers? Do we we need are. I was just warning? about to warn. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> spoiler warning. Skip ahead a couple of minutes. Spoiler warning. And this is a big spoiler warning. Um, so, 
with the castle anters, uh, the reason why they want the money is because it's part of a ritual to uh, save their two kids that they sold to Avernus, essentially. Mm-hmm. And the ritual is one short of a million gold and one short of a hundred souls. Uh, the number one thing and the issue for that is regardless of whether or not the players decide to help the castle lanterns or whether or not they do help the castle lanterns, there's no other option presented for saving the kids. True. And so these two children, which by the way are nine, <laughs> and the book kind of suggests that you use them as like a guilt trip kind of tool for the mm-hmm. for the the castle lanterns to use them. Be like, oh look at my children, don't you want to help us? <laughs> and then it's like even if the players discover the evil plot. It's like, what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we do we give them the money? It's like, no, because they're going to kill 100 people. And it's like the book straight up tells you, regardless whether or not they get the money, they're going to go through the, the party and murder all those people. Yeah. Because it's going to be a last ditch effort regardless. So it's like, no matter what the players choose, it's going to be a really poor ending. I definitely did amend that and made it just okay. And I had planned. I'll, I'll tell you this, lis- listeners. I looked into the camera like you can see me. Um, <laughs> I will say this. If it does have a bad ending, you could definitely run Descent into Avernus next. <laughs> and that's the thing. If you Google, a lot of people are like, well, what if you Google what happens to the Castellanter kids? Like nine out of ten times people are like, oh, we just went into the Descent to Avernus after that. Yeah. And it's like, because that just makes sense. Like, the mm-hmm. someone vowed to get the kids back, and they did. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, sure. But for the people that are just trying to run a fun game, it's like the game, the book doesn't really, like, allow for a different kind of ending with the Castle Lanterns. And that's, that's my literal only issue with the plot cohesion category is one of the main villains is, has a hard stop that you'd have to fix. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, resources. It does give you a shitload of water deep uh, resources. Yeah, uh, like a lot because <laughs> there's literally a whole gazetteer in the back. Not only water deep, um, but stat blocks. I'm literally running a level seventeen water deep game, and I'm still using stat blocks in the back of that book. That's awesome. Yeah, like. I, I have a map of Waterdeep that I can reference easily. And it's like mm-hmm. it, the, the resources in that game are fantastic. And the, the magical items are pretty fun too. Mm-hmm. Like even like the little mundane ones, like that little bird thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um, lore wise. Now, like I don't, I don't feel like it has a huge impact on the lore. However, this might be like some of the most lore heavy moment to moment for me because like it has so much water deep in there. It's got the Blackstaff, it's got the Harpers, it's got the Xanathar, it's got uh the Zentarum, yeah. it's got it has so much pulling together of the last 30 years of the Forgotten Realms into one city yeah. for a campaign. I I mean like it just it freaking oozes lore like you you start in the yawning portal for god's sake (laughs) yeah it's that that, see this is exactly where my initial like 
recommendation for for a new DM to start with this book came from mm-hmm. is because it's not a good book for new DMs. It's a great first book for a new campaign. Mm-hmm. You start this book and then they start at level one and they go to level five. And then you can literally go into any campaign after that. There mm-hmm. are so many plot hooks. There are so many things. You can homebrew yeah. your own plot just from the story hooks and plot hooks and quest hooks in this book. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I think it gets like gold star for lore slash conning contribution simply because you can run a whole campaign starting from this book. And I have. Exactly. <laughs> like, and, and yeah, there's so many big player characters. There's so many big guilds that are also in this book (laughs) and it's a fantastic introduction into the vibe of Faerun as it is at the moment too yeah 100% Mm -hmm. Um, epic moments here's the thing I want to give it epic moments Yeah. but I feel like there's one epic moment that is a possibility if you choose that villain (laughs) Because the actual ultimate showdown of Ultimate Destiny does not like I I made the last part an actual showdown in the book. It just happens, mm-hmm. and like I, I I you know it to me read anticlimactic and just ended, so I spiced it up. Um, but yeah, like I I don't think that there's any like. This is the epic moment of this campaign. Like, I couldn't point to it and be like, that's the point from the book as written that that's like the epic thing that's going on there. Mm-hmm. Like in Storm King's Thunder, I can point to it and go that. Yeah. That right there. That was epic. And it's written epic. Yeah. Um, This one is definitely not like that. Yeah. Because I mean, like, uh, this is not really a spoiler because it's kind of the whole premise. 500,000 gold isn't even that much. Yeah. Like physically. Like if you put it yeah. all in a pile, it's about the size of a table. Yeah. It's not smog in did, The Hobbit. You, it is not did, that. Did you see that? Like, I think it was Keith Amon or Keith Amon. I can't remember how to pronounce his name. Sorry, Keith, if you're listening. I, if you are, thank you for listening. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, he, he recently put out a tweet that was just like, I did the math for like the size of like a D&D dragon horde and it's depressingly small. It's so tiny. <laughs> it's so tiny. Yeah, that's why I'm like, hey, guys, just to let you know, when you do get to the Horde, they're all Electrum. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it, yeah, I, I'd agree. With this book, there's no real, because every single, like, even every boss fight, it was kind of like a lead-in. And if there's a boss fight. Yeah, exactly. If there's a boss fight, too. Because yeah. as I mentioned from the very beginning, you could skip literally all four. You don't yeah. have to do any of these villains, technically. Yep. Yep. And it's, <laughs> yeah. There's okay. really not like an, an epic grand movie scene in there that I could point to. Yeah. So right now, because I, I kept the sheet from last week. Uh-huh. Again, very proud of myself. Uh, it has as many points as curse of strahd and storm king's thunder in the a slot mm-hmm. however after talking about it i feel like it's a solid b yeah yeah i agree okay. solid b uh it, it, i would i definitely do like it um i would run it again before i ran 
tyranny of dragons i think i think i i could definitely do that in fact you know what i have <laughs> i just thought about that i've actually run the beginning of this campaign several times <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like fun. i said it's a fantastic book for those wanting to start a new campaign mm -hmm. but it just it wouldn't be a good book for a new dm running to start a new campaign mm -hmm. oh yeah 100 percent um so the next one is Waterdeep Bad Mage's Dungeon, <laughs> which yeah. um, we haven't played to the the full extent. We um, I, I I have read through. It. Have you read through it? No, that's like the one book I actually don't own. <laughs> uh, um, so so I, I I've run a bit of it, and it has the possibility of doing a campaign if you mess around with a lot of stuff because every level is a massive dungeon and it goes from like level six to 20. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. This is a book that I like, uh, if your group loves dungeon crawling and, and you don't really worry about plot and stuff like that, chef's kiss, take it, go home, do it, put it in the, put it in the bank. Mm -hmm. Um, personally for me uh like like I, I i will run over this real quick because i don't feel like this one actually needs that much time uh new dm friendly absolutely not it no. is a massive dungeon crawl and is not going to prep you to play any other written adventure that there currently is yeah no i mean like i think the best thing about it is how it's laid out like the layout of the actual book yeah, but that's only because it literally goes level by level. Yeah, that's like, what I mean. That's like the, yeah. the best part about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, plot cohesion, there isn't one. Um, <laughs> resources, I will give it resources. Yeah. Uh, it has so many stat blocks, so many maps. Yeah. Um, and, and there is a lot of really fun stuff in those dungeons when you get to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, lore, I, I do kind of want to give it it because it is Halaster Black Cloak. It is Undermountain. It's this big epic thing. Yeah. Um, it, it, it does mean something to D&D lore. To say, I have been through Undermountain means something. Oh, it really does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and funny enough, like, even though, like, I, I, it, it does have epic moments. Like, it actually does. I mean, and, it's kind of designed to. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, it definitely is designed to because there are supposed to be boss fights. There are supposed to be wild magic things happening. There is there is a image in that book that I saw once and my brain can't stop thinking about because of how freaking cool it is. And I'm not going to spoil it here. Go pick up the book and look at it or <laughs> get your DM to run it. Um, so funny enough, even though I'm just like, eh, it does have three things to it. Yeah. Um, however, I would not recommend this. I, I, I kind of want to put this in D with Tomb of Annihilation. Yeah, and because, I mean, like, in the end, this is kind of like the tier list is books we'd recommend. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's. uh Yeah. I mean, like, it kind of, funny enough, it kind of has its own outside category because it is not like any of the other adventure books. 
I know. And like the more I'm thinking about, because I'm like, again, it's got three points. Like it's got three points like Curse of Strahd, Storm King's Thunder, Dragon Heist. And now I'm just like, well, it actually is kind of worth more in some regards than some of the other ones. Like mm-hmm. it is a res- it is a resource book for sure. Yeah. Crap, do I kind of want to actually put it in B? I mean, like, I would respect that because if you do love, like, running a dungeon, like a straight dungeon, or even yeah, if you don't like, love running a dungeon, this is a great way to get you into it. <laughs> yeah, because, like, like, you know, this is our list, but at the same time, like, I'm trying to, like, take myself, like, uh, out of it a little bit and be like, this is a list that I would like people to be able to see and use. Um crap i think i kind of want to put it in b not to mention it's the only one that goes up to level 20 yeah that is true it's the only adventure that goes to 20 what do Mm -hmm. you think where where do you think it should go i think either i I think b is a good spot okay okay yeah because it i think it provides so much literal content that you can use it over and over again in different games and if you do love that dungeon crawl and you do want to get that old school like just crawling through mm-hmm. it's the perfect book yeah it, it is it is definitely a a different type of book compared to the rest of them like it's not quite tales of the yawning portal and it's not curse of strahd mm-hmm. but it is something good in between if that's the good you're looking for yeah yeah okay okay I, I'm 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 putting it in B. I, if you had asked me like three hours ago, I would have told you no, no way, not a chance. Um. Okay. Now, because I think we're already, I think we're already at a half hour. My God. Um. Let's see. We're not doing the Stranger Things starter kit. No, um. <laughs> so we do have Salt Marsh. I personally still kind of think it should go in mentions. Um, but yeah, it, it... so uh, I'll, I'll just talk briefly about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have kind of like nearly read that thing front to back. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it has its ups and downs. Uh, one of the major ups is its resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can literally be used as a setting book for anyone wanting to do a C campaign. Mm-hmm. And it even includes an entire setting for a port town called Saltmarsh. And it includes the politics of that town. It includes everything about it. Which is from Greyhawk, which was really weird. (laughs) I know. They're like, let's just pull it out and plop it where you want it. Yep. (laughs) It's it's literally what they said. Like, the first four pages are just like, you can put it anywhere you want, as long as it's near the water. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And... I will say the actual adventures that are in there do reek heavily of old school D&D. Yeah. Uh, They are very like, there's a couple in there that are more updated and nice. Yeah. uh, And they're kind of like more political and like, oh, you should uh, think about this more beyond just like a colonizer. And those are nice. (laughs) Um, But then there are the ones where it's like, hey, this village is uh, being threatened by the lizard folk that, you know, lived here first because they're amassing weapons. You should check it out. And then the players go check it out. And the adventure has no offering help on how to go about this whole quote, check it out. There's just now suddenly a dungeon and it's populated. 
And mm. then if they magically get pulled to like the leader, then it's like, oh, there's a chance for you to raise reputation with the lizard folk. And then they'll like maybe help you. And it turns out it's a whole war and the humans aren't in on it because they can't be trusted. I'm like, that was rough yeah. from start to finish. And I'm like halfway through reading that. I'm like, this is it's everything in it aside from the plot is great. <laughs> mm-hmm. but it was just there's rough things all throughout it but the ghost of salt marsh the actual book itself it actually provides several stat blocks for several different kinds of boats and yeah. ships and it also provides a lot of cool um like adventure and exploration concepts mm-hmm. especially regarding the open sea and so you actually yeah. have like a table for storms you have a table i think for like unnatural storms so like yeah that is true that was cool so it's like oh well if you did piss off umberly here's a table for what could happen (laughs) my 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 struggle with it of like putting it like on a ranked thing is that i i would literally only tell someone to get it for uh the ship stuff yeah i i would say hold off on it as long as you can and then when you actually need stat blocks and stuff go ahead and pick it up but Mm mm-hmm Cause like I the adventures I looked through I'm like this doesn't this doesn't thrill me in any way, and like yeah. the plot cohesion is kind of just they're in the same area. Yeah, that's the thing is that they have several plot hooks and like four different adventures I think that go through the different tiers, which is neat. Mm-hmm. That's another cool thing is that it's more than just like sticking in one area, but like it kind of expects you to get into Salt Marsh as much as you would get into Waterdeep. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, Salt Marsh has this whole history behind it. There's these two factions, and then there's this secret faction, and then there's this mayor, and then you can choose not to help the mayor. And then it's like, but why am I, <laughs> why am I invested in Salt Marsh right now? <laughs> yeah, yep. Because it's no Waterdeep. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I was gonna play a Port Town, I'd play Waterdeep. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think this one could go in the honorable mention simply because it's a fantastic resource book. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, we will put that one in mentions. Um, okay, so so the next one, I actually want to talk about two at the same time, because um, we did we did skip one. We did, um, and that and that was kind of on purpose because I wanted to talk about it in in connection to this, and this is essentially the kits. Mm-hmm. Starter kit is the one we skipped, and then the essentials kit came out next. I'm not gonna lie here. I want to put both of these in S. Yeah. I cannot think of a bad word about either of these. The fact that you can spend 20 bucks and play a six month campaign with ease and, you know, for new DMs, absolutely perfect and fantastic perfect for new players and it's perfect for uh you know non-starting dms and stuff like that i think the only bad thing i can say about it is it's not a hardcover book that's the old i was like you know if i could get a hardcover book of this i freaking would can you imagine if they released like an anniversary version of that where it's like hardcover with a hydro cover alternate wizards get on it (laughs) (laughs) like yeah, like like you know, I I'm just I'm gonna go I'm gonna go through these points. So new new DM friendly, yes. Like it, even the essentials kit. They're literally designed to be new DM yeah. friendly. Yeah, like I I have yet to find a a starter kit of a TTRPG that is as good as the starter kit or the essentials kit. Like I just I can't. 
Yeah. And the fact that it's still good and it's not it's still good for veteran DMs and it does it doesn't feel like um the original release of uh, 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 uh Skyward Sword where like every time you do something it's like hey did you know about this did you know about this <laughs> it's not giving you the tutorial throughout the entire thing it it you can easily run that without seeing any of the like hey you know new dms think about this and whatnot it has that and then it's just the the tutorial parts are in block text that you can just completely skip mm-hmm. so yeah it, it it's got that in spades plot cohesion both of them absolutely do even even with the essentials kit being essentially a string of random quests they actually have plot together they do which shocked the hell out of me there's an exact reason why you're going to each of those places well, and they and all connect a, the, to each other too and there's an exact reason why all the things are there it's just like why are these were rats here oh because they got run out uh by the orcs well why were the orcs there because they got run out by this and then you start piecing these things together and you're like wait these are not separate mm-hmm and, and and starter kit, I mean, just great, you know, old old school style adventure of just like something's wrong, please help me, and you keep become you keep doing these things more and more, and you end up saving yeah. this town, and everything. It's, just, it's so good. Yeah, I also want to mention the fact that like it's great for whatever, depending on what flavor of DM you are, either one could be good. And, like, if you're more of a person that likes to be structured and likes to be like, okay, this does happen here, or, like, this does need a stat block, like, I would go for the starter kit. Whereas, like, if you're a person that's, like, I suffer under more, like, knit, like, bullet points, then you could go for the essentials kit. Because the essentials kit does straight up tell you, this is just a guide. You can change things as you like. It even explains that in the beginning, too. Like, hey, as a DM, this is what you can do. And I think the essentials kit... Because it's been a long time since I've read the starter kit, I'll be honest. But, like, the Essentials kit alone is does such a good starter DM, like, thing. It spades better than the actual Dungeon Master's Guide. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Easily. It actually tells you and guides you on how to actually run a and d game. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like... If you run, if you buy the PHB, if you buy the DMG, it doesn't actually yeah. tell you just an easy, this is how you play the game kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. hundred uh, percent. Resources. Uh, it's also got that. You can run the entire game out of the box. It's got dice. It's got <laughs> dice. The essentials kit has cards that you can hand out and that you can do initiative with. Yeah. It's perfect. It's got a map. Uh, it's got- yeah. <laughs> it's uh, great. Uh, honestly lore wise it's it's there it's i i i think this is the one part that i can't quite give it because it doesn't have an impact and you aren't you aren't really interacting with a lot of like long-term D stuff it's there there are there are elements of it mm-hmm. but at the end of the day like you wouldn't know it. You like you wouldn't get into a game and be like, "Oh, I've heard of that before." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It definitely scratches like all the aspects and like cliches that you've heard about D anD. d Like there is a yeah. mimic, there is a dragon, there are goblins. It's like, yeah, but it doesn't you, necessarily. You can plop this into any place and it's fine. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily yeah. contribute, so to speak, to the overall uh, canon itself. Like it. 
it can eventually do that kind of like what i was saying for Waterdeep. like it'd be a it's a fantastic yeah. starting point for a campaign i literally went from the starter kit into water deep dragon heist yeah but as far as beyond that eh, it's okay um, I actually do think that both of them have epic moments, and I actually think yeah. they have several epic moments. I just did one in the because Tom's been running the essentials kit since January. There was a part that came up that I'm like, "There's no way this is from the book," mm-hmm. and it freaking was. And it was, yeah. And I'm like, "This is one of the coolest damn things I've ever done at at sixth level. This is so freaking cool." I was running um, it at seventeenth level, barely changing the book. By the way because there were enough epic scenes to be just fantastic yep yep (laughs) um so yeah i uh i that's got four points for both of them more than the rest i think because these points are almost more than just a single point it's like new dm friendly is like almost worth two points (laughs) that i think it's i think we could totally viable put it in the s tier i'd recommend those every day if they're on sale i mean like people buy those to donate into toy drives like <laughs> i i yeah i would uh, you know what i might do that this year that's a fantastic freaking idea i think mm-hmm. i'm gonna do that uh so yeah the kits uh s tier perfect yep. love them get them um so next uh descent into avernus yes uh now how familiar are you with descent into avernus so i've read through enough to understand what the plot is about but i haven't actually read like the actual gameplay itself beyond just some of the issues i've had with the formatting (laughs) yeah yeah uh the the formatting leaves some to be desired Um, it was like i think i remember i was reading it and i was uh telling spencer because i'm like hang on i've just read six paragraphs in a row and all of the paragraphs started with if the players yeah Yep, yep, and I'm yep, like, yep. oh no, <laughs> just like panic brain about what do you mean there's like an entire chapter devoted to if they do this, then this happens like this is, oh, <laughs> yeah, um, my gut instinct is in the BC area um, because it is a fantastic adventure with some problems. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I, 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 the thing is, like I, I, anything else I have to say about this is getting into the point. So I think I, I'm just gonna get into the go points. into it. Get it. Um, <laughs> new DM friendly? No, Mm-mm. no. Uh, and one of the big reasons is actually the start, uh, because it is, and I mean, it's not new DM or new player friendly. I actually highly suggest that if you run this game for non-veterans to completely change the beginning of it, check out uh, the Justice Armin and, uh, and uh, uh, Anthony Joyce's supplement that they did. Yeah, uh, because, they did the whole restart of yeah, the beginning, yeah. Yeah, because you're like, this is not spoilers because it's literally the first five minutes of the adventure. You're conscripted into the Flaming Fists and you have to be jerks. Mm-hmm. And that plot point goes nowhere um <laughs> and so yeah the beginning of it is is kind of uh, um, a mess and does not give you the feel of what the rest of the adventure is because there's literally uh there's two or three dungeon crawls 
and you aren't gonna really gonna be doing that ever again after that they're just there um and yeah it, it's it's just it's not very cohesive enough to for me to recommend to a new player um because it's it, like or not new player new dm and it, it like even for like a, a mid-range dm like i don't know if i would tell them to do this one um yeah yeah uh so plot cohesion though and and i'm gonna give this to the uh the after the Baldur's gate part plot cohesion i actually think is really good um it, it's it does a good job of you know telling you what's going on and where the what what the problem is and like hey this is how we're going to solve it you need to figure out how to solve it mhm um and so it, it does kind of a water deep dragon heist thing where it's just like okay well this started off uh, uh this way then we switch to this now we're sandboxy but now we're railroady and so like it does do that kind of like back and forth format but i don't think it does it as well as uh water deep dragon heist yeah i can i can see that because i mean i'm just trying to remember of what i was reading and who <laughs> yeah it can get it can get funky <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um resources though i do think it's got it in spades like it's got a great amount of monster stat blocks it has a great amount of lore in it um the the maps are okay the descent the actual vernus map oh my god chef's kiss that's so pretty, pretty. yeah i i have a printout of it that i want to frame um mm -hmm. and the war machines are just so dang cool. And again, like Waterdeep Dragon Heist, in the back of it, it's got a gazetteer all about Baldur's Gate. Yeah. So th this is definitely a good book of resources for the material that's in it. Yeah. I mean, like, the only thing I could say about it is, like, a lot of that kind of, like, if you're still trying to build an adventure that goes through hell, you could run an adventure without it. You could get Mordekainen's and get plenty of enemy stat blocks still. Yeah. So it's not like you have to get this in order to run a game through hell kind of thing. Yeah. But there is still plenty of resources that are very helpful. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I, I well, actually, this, this is still with the formatting thing. Like, I do like that it does kind of do a two of annihilation thing where it's like, here's locations in here here's all the stuff in it we're going to present it to you in alphabetical order whether you go to these is up to which path you take mm -hmm. um and that that whole the, the path one is also like i don't know about that yeah. um but yeah definitely resources lore i also got to give it to it uh because it's got some really cool demon and uh and uh, uh fiend lore uh zariel the uh eltrail being pulled down into avernus which we're seeing through other medias is a big deal like that's part of that's uh a, a plot point at the beginning of baldur's gate 3 is you find a group of refugees from eltrail because the fucking city got pulled into avernus yeah um, it's i mean losing a city that's a huge plot point in the canon yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and the implications of what happens in the campaign with what will happen in, in Avernus afterwards, fantastic. I cannot wait to see what people do with that. Oh, yeah. In fact, I kind of have to figure out what the hell happened with mine now that I think about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because I remember at the end of yours, you kind of sidestepped it through plot means. Yeah, plot. Yeah. <laughs> um, epic moments, yes. Full of them. Yes, it does. I won't say it's full of them. The third act is full of them. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of it is not. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I mean, there are... you're you're kind of slogging through hell, through a lot of it. Yep. Yep. Even though you have a war machine, get Mad Max shit up in there, it's still not quite set up to be the epic moments that I put in there. Mm -hmm. Yes, I had a Mad Max fight because. Fuck it, they had Mad Max vehicles. Um, <laughs> Why not? So that gives us three points. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't put it with Curse of Strahd and Storm King's Thunder. Um, I'm really torn between B and C. Hmm. Where was what, Tyranny? Wait. Tyranny is in C. Yeah. I mean, like, because I'm... I feel like it's it's with that book. Like I feel like as far as it my rate of recommendations, if you're like already looking through the next book and it's like you've already played through the top ones, I'd be like, you could either go this one or this one, but honestly I'd say go for Tyranny of Dragons just first before Baldur's Gate for the sake of just the lore reasoning. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So 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 in the C rank? I think that's a proper place for it. Okay. Okay. There we go. Our, fir our first one to have three books in it. Technically <laughs> two, but still, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, all right. Last but not least, because no, we didn't read through Candlekeep Mysteries. Uh, but probably would have gotten honorable mentions as well, because it's a bunch of adventures. Yeah. Uh, is uh, Icewind Dale, Rhyme the Frost Maiden. Yeah. Um, I have only read through this one. Uh, however, I do think that I have gotten the enough of an impression to c feel like I can rank this one. Yeah, um, I, I've read through a lot of it, and I was actually starting to run through a few of the games of it too. Mm -hmm. uh, that's got it's. This book is written so almost weirdly differently from the other books. <laughs> it's like a. Like, if you have been reading all the books and you have done a campaign for each book that come out and suddenly Icewind Dale came out, you would notice that there's a complete shift and like, oh, this was like totally directed differently. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it feels like a mixture of Curse of Strahd and Storm King's Thunder. Yeah. Um, like, it definitely feels like a melding of those two styles. Mm -hmm. Um. Like what's funny is with this one, it, it for me it is it is definitely still middle of the road like B or C area. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I but, I can see that because like it's a pretty cool book, but there are quite a lot of little downsides and about it <laughs> mm -hmm. that can knock it down pretty easily. Well, let let, let let's run through the points. Mm -hmm. uh, new DM friendly. I actually think that it's friendlier than Descent. I agree, but it's definitely not friendly. <laughs> it's friendlier, but it's not mm. friendly. Um, yeah. I will say because it is 
the entire like first three levels instead of it being like in a enclosed like space it's an entirely sandbox kind of concept yeah and not to mention a deadly sandbox which is where a lot of like the critique came from when that burst first when that book first that's came true. out that's true um and <laughs> the players can completely circumnavigate the entirety of the first three levels and get to the third like level three boss on the first mission <laughs> mm -hmm. and so running it as a new dm even just the beginning is kind of rough mm -hmm. um not to mention the book does kind of rely a little bit on the um, fantastical lore centered around it because 10 towns is kind of a miserable place and you yep. wouldn't really have a love for it unless you know the lore behind it that's fair and that it's is fair. hard to make 10 towns a place that you want to protect and save <laughs> if you mm. don't already love the place <laughs> yeah that is fair like Waterdeep. Neverwinter, Baldur's Gate, like you can make people like these places. Mm -hmm. You can make them like a person's home, but Ten Towns is difficult to get there. Yeah. And that's the that's the intent too. Like Ten Towns is supposed to be a miserable place uh, that only a select few people can live and choose to live up there. I mean, like one of the background options for like, oh, if you want to make a Ten Towns character was like suggesting that you're an outlaw and this is one of the few places left in Faerun where you can hang out and chill because no one's looking for you here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like as a new DM, it's difficult to get into That's fair. Um, yeah, no, that, that, is, that is very fair. I was thinking of it like mechanically, but no, with all of that. Yeah, and like even thinking about the way it's formatted with here's like six paragraphs about each town read it know it love it like it's it, it is asking a lot of you yeah the formatting too because like for sure the first like i think like 11 chap like they're called chapters but they're really just mm -hmm. like introductions into the towns themselves and uh the quest for the beginning first like three yeah. levels are in those chapters they take up like 90 pages is for that first like three levels Mm -hmm. and it's a lot and it's really helpful but when you get into like the further chapters and the actual meat of what you're actually doing up there and the whole like horror aspect and the environmental aspect and everything like that it kind of gets lost because of like just having to balance figuring out how to run the game itself <laughs> mm -hmm. and not to mention i've talked about this before the exploration the entire book is exploration in a deadly yeah. air. It's Tomb of Annihilation, but instead of hot, it's cold. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that is true. Mm -hmm. um, plot cohesion, I can't give it to it because of the fact that it just kind of ends a plot point and starts another one. And it seemed like that was the main plot point, And it was like, no, it wasn't really. Yeah, the uh, thing it has going for it as far as plot cohesion goes is that there are links to everything and like, oh, why are these people out here in the snow? Like, why is this moose talking to me? It's like, mm -hmm. it's because of Aurel. It's because of yep. her. And But the thing is, is that we talked about this in the lore episode. The book doesn't really tell you a good way of telling your players that. Yeah. There's no, like, aside from you as the DM saying, oh, yeah, so the reason why they're here is because they're worshipping this person. Or literally dropping a 
diary of a person being like, I follow oral. <laughs> yeah. It's like you have to hunt for it. Like your players have to actively ask, hey, townskeeper, why are these people out in the forest performing like sacred acts that no one understands? And the townskeeper would have to magically know, oh, it's because they're summoning oral and they're praising her. And it's like, mm -hmm. the book doesn't even tell you to do that, though. Yeah. <laughs> And the thing is, though, is that it just drops that plot point eventually, yep. and that's no longer the problem. Yeah. And it's like, here's a new problem that we didn't set up. Yeah. It's um, it's it's a rough thing, but like as far as, uh, I guess, getting into the next one, <laughs> Yeah. as far as pulling out individual missions, as far as pulling out individual yeah. encounters... This thing is chock full of encounters that I love to put in mm -hmm. any other game. You could run so many one shots out of this book. Yeah. Because like you could, I mentioned, you could run a really cool like just uh, uh, Icewind Dale campaign with this as the side quest stuff. Yeah, like it's it's a fantastic. It has a lot of horror themes in it that are connected to like loneliness, aliens, like presence and like how there are just the environmental curse of just like we're doomed mm -hmm. like there's a yep. lot of those kind of elements that are fantastic to throw into like a one shot but just kind of bring the whole table down as a cohesive single thing yep. <laughs> so it's like it's kind of it's fantastic for a resource book because um it has a ton of like new stat blocks for also for npcs too it does uh Still middle ground NPCs, no like high level stuff, but that's okay. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I will say the actual villain herself, not really. Yeah. Like, you, you can't for really plop her in anywhere else. Yeah, and I mean, like for the reasons that I was talking about with Waterdeep Dragon Heist, it's like she's there. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess brings us to like lore canon contribution so okay it's not gonna have long running things and it doesn't quite have moment to moment lore thing in it however it does have one deep cut of a freaking lore jump at the end mm -hmm. but that's the thing you have to get to the freaking end <laughs> uh for it to happen and i'm not gonna spoil what it is here um but uh it, it's it's really cool but it's not the, my problem with it is, if you don't know, it's just the weirdest twist that this campaign took. Where it's just like, wait, what do you mean this is here? What does that mean? Who? It, what? Could we do a spoiler moment? So okay, yeah. Let, 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 okay, so if you don't want spoilers, jump ahead a few minutes. There's a fucking flying city of Nerethil under the ice of Icewind Dale. Mm -hmm. And it they fully they tried to do the whole the thing where it's like there's alien technology and stuff, but it's really just ancient technology. Um and the the netheries are fucking around in there and there's like mind flares and stuff. And it just comes out of nowhere. Like they try to set it up with the Chartalin, which is co connected to the Netherese, and then there's a Chartalin dragon, which is an epic moment. I did mark down epic moment for me. Oh yeah. But but if you don't know anything about the netherese, if you don't know why that's a big deal, you're just like, what do you mean there's a floating city under the ice? Like, what? And why doesn't anyone know about this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
it, it just it just comes out of nowhere for something that was just like oh ice god is you know killing people to then go to Doragar, a mechanical dragon and a flying city under the ice it's just it just it goes off the rails it, like it felt like there were two campaigns they wanted to do in icewind dale and they just put both of them together yeah i mean so they had jarlaxel in Waterdeep. I'm a little sad they didn't throw in one of the main companions into this one. Oh, yeah. No, they could have done freaking anything, yeah. but they didn't. Like, it's just not there. Yeah, because, I mean, there's, like, I think a statue to Drist in one of the towns. Like, it's definitely, yeah. like, this, these people did happen. This is, in fact, canon. But it's, like, beyond that, uh, uh, oh, you're fine. You, you don't really get to involve in that. Mm-hmm. You know, the more we've talked about this, uh, the more that I actually feel like I'm uh, I'm I'm switching. I think I actually kind of want to put this in D. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's 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 cool. It's there. I might actually run it one day uh, and tune a lot of stuff in it. But overall, I I would I don't think I would put it even with Tyranny of Dragons. Yeah, that's fair. I mean. That's the funny thing because uh, because this tier list is about book as written, I think yeah. it it does it can go down there. Yeah. But like, if you're approaching it from like a point of view that you're a DM, you're allowed to change whatever you like, and you're allowed to adjust how you run things, it would be a lot higher in that list. Mm-hmm. But because we are kind of like keeping it yeah. to just as written kind of concept and running it out of the book. I think, yeah, I think a D is a proper spot for it. Yeah. The two explorations, one hot, one cold next to each other. Yeah. <laughs> if you actually combine the Tyranny of Dragon books into uh, into one book, uh, we basically put two things for every rank. All right. Yeah. I, I You know what? And I feel like it works out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually quite happy with this list, to be honest. Yeah. I'm still I, there's a few of them that I'm shocked about that I did that that I wouldn't have guessed but you know what I I like it I think it's a good list I mean that's why we talk things through that's why we have this podcast <laughs> yeah yeah it's like that's what we're supposed to do on a podcast yeah <laughs> um but yeah uh that is our list uh so we'll run through it one more time uh s rank uh starter kit and essentials kit uh a rank curse of strahd storm king's thunder b rank uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist and Waterdeep Mad Mage's Dungeon, which I actually feel like I'm going to pull out and read after this. I I don't know what's <laughs> happening right now. C rank is the Tyranny of Dragons and the Descent into Avernus. D rank, Tomb of Annihilation and Icewind Dale, Rime of the Frostmaiden. E rank, Prince of the Apocalypse and Out of the Abyss. And honorable mentions, Tales of the Awning Portal, uh, Ghosts of Saltmarsh. And we'll put uh, uh, the, the Candlekeep Candle Mysteries in there too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, that's as of uh, uh, November, not November, it's September. September. Good Lord, I, my, it's been a long day, folks. As of <laughs> September 2021, this is our ranking. Yes. Uh, we did it. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I thoroughly agree and feel like this list is valid. And mm -hmm. again, it's, it's from the point of view that for recommending someone this book as written, Without being like, oh, yeah, you should totally get this book, but I would change, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's no, yep. you should totally get this book. Yeah. You only have like a, a, a in passing to recommend a book. Yes. <laughs> yeah. A mother is looking at the D&D &D section for her kid. And yep. she's like, 
which one do, do you play this game? What would you recommend? And she's busy. So I would just point at the kits and be like, I would start there. <laughs> yep. yep. 100%. Well, I, I think with that, I think we're we're good. I think that's it for this yeah. episode. Same. <laughs> it's a good episode. It was. I liked it. <laughs> but that was it for this week. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to support it, the best way to do that is by leaving a review on your service of choice, as well as telling your friends about the show. If you like your questions, advice, or stories read on the show, please send them into difficultyclass at gmail.com. If you'd like to stay up to date on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at difficultyclass. You could follow us as well. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at alleybug321 and at roomyroamers. That is an actual play podcast for D&D. And Trevor, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at the Trevor. There is an A hiding in there. Nice. Well, until next week, have a good game. Mm-hmm.